Welcome to a long overdue, wide awake version of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with Mike Levin of LibertyBallers.com, who is awake and ready to roll. The season doesn't end until we say this. Yeah, yeah. This is. I think the last one we did was what? Uh, maybe right before the season ended? Maybe we had a few games left, three games left, four games left, something yeah. like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a lot to get to today. So I'm going to try not to... I'm going to try to to play the role of radio guy and not let us dwell too long so we get on everything because you know I love to get on everything including yeah, I know you love it you love that like including some listener e- uh, questions from Twitter and then one that you a couple that you sent me like 2 weeks ago that you got in email so here's what I've got on the docket right I've got here's what I've got a, a jigsaw of course Maybe some NBA playoff predictions. Those listener questions that I mentioned, including you defending the How I Met Your Mother finale. I'm not exactly sure what that means, as I haven't seen the show, but I imagine there is some controversy there. An update from JJ regarding Tony Roten's three-point percentage beyond half-court and within half-court. The notion of keeping Thaddeus Young... A question about a new Sixers facility that I got an email. What would you pay for Sam Hinkie's big board? Some lottery nerves. Your big bird and a big board, rather. My big bird. Your big bird. It's my big bird. Some end of season Sixers grades. The new Liberty Ballers writers. And I wanted to lead wow. it off with the big news that we don't even have news yet for, but there will be news about the Liberty Ballers Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast sponsored. Uh, Sean O'Connor led NBA lottery party for Liberty Ballers fans coming May 20th. So, yeah, we'll just breeze through that. Yeah, so there's going to be a party. We don't know where it is, when it starts, how to get there, what will be included, but there will be a party. It'll be in the vicinity of Philadelphia and the suburbs. We'll make sure it's, we're in the process of finding a place and making sure it's a great place that will respect the the importance of this event for Sixers fans, and um, it'll be fun. That's it. I, I don't know what else will, like, since the season's over, it's not like I can get tickets to give away or anything, but I feel like it's such an important moment, somehow, in some way, more important than the draft itself, like more nerve-wracking than the draft itself. At least, I'm sure my perspective will change in retrospect, but right now it feels big, so, you know, an opportunity. It's bigger, it's bigger. Yeah, so... So an opportunity to be with other people who feel this way rather than sitting alone on your couch nervous, much like you will be with a, a phone or a video camera focused on you. So, <laughs> so did I miss yeah, anything? I, I, no, I will not, unfortunately, be at the draft party, um, but I will be there in spirit. Right. Maybe... Yeah. Well, maybe I'll bring my laptop and we can, you can, you sounds stream awful. yourself <laughs> like Max Headroom. Oh, that's a, that's a dated reference. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sure it you don't get it. Yeah, it, is. it is. Oh, and the other All thing, right. well, the other thing I'd like to point out is that we're making sure as well that the place that if you're under 21, you can go. 
you know, not you can't drink, but we're making sure that the place will be easy for you to attend to that if you're if you're not of age. So it won't be at some bar where you're not allowed in. So, right. And that's it. Right. I guess everything. All right. See you, Spike. See ya. We'll make sure Pavorsky's there. Right. We'll make sure Sean's there. Maybe. I mean, all the Liberty Ballers guys that are around here. Right. Everyone should be there. Right. Who the hell? Where the hell are they going to be? Yeah. Well, Matt, Matt Carey will be at the lottery. Oh really? Oh, that's cool. We got we got Matt covering the lottery, so I'm gonna I, we'll talk to him, but I'm gonna try to have him like sort of I don't know if it's worth it, but like have maybe have a camera like his phone camera like pointed onto him. I don't know if that's possible, but I want it to happen, but it probably won't be. I, just, I, to, just, just to see his like sort of like muted reactions, like just. Yeah, yeah, because he can't freak out. That's right, yeah. because he's there. Well, and we'll get to Matt in a second because he's one of the the new writers. Real quick about the lottery, though. We don't know yet who the Sixers representative will be, right? That hasn't been revealed. I think Scott O'Neill said they're still talking about it the last yeah, time. I think, I think it's going to be me. I think, <laughs> I think they're going to get me. So we'll, well see. Well, it's funny because in recent years, the most lucky yet ended up being sort of unlucky in retrospect. Drew Holiday, they sent, was wearing that awesome neon blue suit. And the Sixers won the lottery. Were, were, were they in the sixth position uh, going into they that? Jumped, they jumped, I think, six to two. Right. And ended up the, the number two. And then who, who went last year? Was it Harris? I can't even it remember. Was that. It, was, it was Josh Harris. Okay. I don't think they're going to send Josh Harris this time. So we'll see. I, I, I have this feeling that it'll be Iverson, but that's just, I hope you know. I hope it's like Will Smith. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> the, the barely owner. You know, actually, yeah. in retrospect, it would be pretty cool if they sent Adam Aaron. He is still yeah. a part owner. That would be great. Right. Um, right. So speaking of the new Liberty Ballers writers, you have three. Would you like to, you know, if I'm sure people yeah. have noticed on the site, but if they haven't. Yeah, we've, we made an announcement. Uh, Kyle Newbeck. Right. Of, uh, he's written for Hoop76 and uh, Crab Dribbles and various other places on the internet. Um and Sohil Doshi. Sohil has been uh, a commenter for a very long time. Uh, we've He's been in a few LB events. Sohil's the man. Uh, we're big fans of his, so happy to bring him on. And Matt Carey, who's been doing uh, great work in the fan post. Uh, he's had a Wiggins Watch series uh, over the course of the year. And he was basically writing, he was basically having better writing about the draft than I, I was doing. So I was like, well, fuck that. You're going to just write for us now. And, uh, they're with all three great guys. We're excited uh, going forward because you know, I mean, we have 15 guys now, so it's it's the, the people that are there are uh, you know getting busier, etc. Um, Mike Bauman is writing a book, yeah. So he's his time is limited. Someone's going to take Rich Hoffman and Derek from us at some point, uh, and Jake um, and Dave Ruder just turned uh, 30 years old yesterday, so he tried to resign, uh, and that's not. No, happening. not so, allowed. Yeah, no, he's 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 in for life. I don't care. Speaking don't of care. of Bauman, if I can give a, a sm- I don't even know if I'm sure he's he won't care. Yeah, but I am. He yeah, he's what's that? I, I, if you were about to promote the book, I was going to say go for it. Oh yeah, well I mean I know that the, there's pre order for the book, but I read he sent me a. I guess a pre-edited version of the Iverson chapter, and it's awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, it's awesome. So I was I was helping him out, getting him a couple of interviews for. Well, actually, we had a funny experience when he was going to that Iverson retirement game, just making sure he got in there. But the um, 
he sent me the the chapter and it's 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 clearly written by an Iverson fan like it, it's yeah. pretty clear that Mike loves Iverson but it's yeah. it's really you know if you can if you've read enough of Mike just imagine about Mike writing about Allen Iverson and that's exactly he's what just it a is. really good writer like, yeah it's a really it's I'm, like I read his novel back in the day I mean he's he's, he's a good writer like, yeah. he's just kick 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 and cook for sure yeah so all right. So and, and he con- knows it, so fuck him. And congrats, yeah, yeah, I know. Well, but he doesn't act like super. He, I, you know, he seems humble, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and the uh, I don't know Matt very well, but I know, like, you know, I was telling you his first post that I read, I thought was great for you guys. His first, I, yeah. I never read fan posts because I couldn't. There were too many that were bad. So yeah. I I didn't I never waded through them so I never read Matt before and he's um really, he's really good and he's he keeps things keeps things light and fun and just moves them along and uh, he's great and you know yeah. that I'm I'm uh, Kyle Newbeck actually interned at IP and I know him pretty well and yeah Kyle Newbeck was was basically an Eskin hire as well yeah so, yeah yeah I think he because you 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 you've been telling me about him for a while and gets to bring him on now uh, but like. Half half the staff is like asking acolytes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You have almost as many write, writers as the Sixers had wins this year, which is pretty right. impressive. You could right. assign one writer per win to go back and <laughs> so cover it. Speaking of the nineteen wins, I figured it's pretty hacky, but it gives us a a, a jump off point. I figured we'd do some end of season grades for individuals within the Sixers organization. <laughs> sure, yeah. Let's grade some people. All right. So we'll start at the top with Sam Hinkie. Now, I will say that the grading has to begin after the – it doesn't count the off season. you know, once the, the season okay. begins. So we're not counting the Drew trade or anything like that. You want to give Hinkie a, a grade? Well, I think it's about uh, what the season was about. Like what – okay, so it's not going to be – okay, well, they didn't make the playoffs. They're not going to win a championship, so F. Because that's what some, some grading systems – I've seen that, and we didn't do any grades because I feel like it's too a little arbitrary and and doesn't encompass everything. But when we were fucking around, so let's do it. Um, I would give him like a like a B plus. Um, I think he got a couple diamonds in the rough, a little bit guys that are going to stick around. Maybe not diamonds, maybe like you know nickels. Um, and uh, they ended up with the second worst record in the league, which is respectable. Uh, no one could have guessed the Bucks would be this bad. Um, but I, I, I do think that um, whether or not there was a market for it or not, the fact that they didn't get another first-round pick um, or future first-round pick or any, I mean, like Henry Sims is, is good and I think will be a will be a, a solid player come, going forward. But I think not getting a tremendous amount. For Evan Spencer and Lavoy, it's yeah. not like it's not like I'm saying that there. Hey, there was so much more out there, but the fact remains that if you if I, if before the season we were like, hey, this is how much you're going to get for Evan Spencer and Lavoy, you'd be like, oh, that's not good. That's not great at all. So, and I think he would say the same thing. So, whether that's the market or whatever, um, it's still I think goes into the grade. So I give him a, a B plus. Uh, also, I I love him. So same thing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm only going to go slightly higher for a different reason. I agree with everything you said. I'm going to go A minus. Now, mm-hmm. now obviously, I think the one thing that we'll be able to retrospectively sort of maybe change the grade on is that if all of those second round picks end up somehow turning into 
Of course. A and late first. Will. Yeah. I think they will. Then, yeah. then I think it, you know, it, it's funny. You look back on it, and Spencer Hawes didn't do anything for the Cavs, really. I mean, he played well, but the, their goal was to get into the playoffs. So I think, in, and they, the Sixers ended up getting Henry Sims out of it. So in retrospect, yeah. it was fine. And Evan Turner, considering the trade, and I'm, I agree with you. I do agree with you. But I think considering the trade market and the, the, the just the proof of Evan Turner's awfulness <laughs> as he went to Indiana sort of puts it all in a little bit of perspective. But the reason, actually, that I give him the higher grade is that his persistence in... Yeah, and he's talked about this a million times, you know, in having a process and believing in it, and it's only been one year. But mm-hmm. in addition to that, in addition to keeping with that process and signing 87, you know, they had, what, 28 guys on the yeah. roster this year? Yeah. It still barely giving interviews right. and not yeah. giving interview after the, right. the the season, and I we could put on the docket that he at one point did a half hour interview with us. I <laughs> I know it's like it was months and months ago, but I still think it's hilarious, and it'll make it even better that when when they're good. That he'll mm-hmm. be able to like he. You thought Ruben Amaro was smug. Like he'll be able to be like the smuggiest smug guy oh on the the face of the smuggy planet. I love it. So. I love it. It'll be it'll be great. Um, wait, question. Yeah. And then let's talk about. I like the uh, one of the questions you got. Um, how many Sixers could you name? How many of the twenty eight could you name? Oh well, I did it at one point. I putting me on the. I think the problem is, is that we should do it like on the on the on the podcast right now. You want to do it right now? now? But next time, next time, next. Well, time. but I don't want to study. Do you just want to do it? I haven't. I, we've been studying all year. That's how, that's how you watch the Sixers. Well, yeah, but I'll that's. Be, a, I'll be ready. No, I'm saying I like. I feel like I'm going to try too hard. <laughs> oh, you right now? Okay. No. Right, yeah, you should do it right now. I got all. I got all. All right, let's just get starting lineup out of the way. Michael Carter Williams, right. Michael Carter Williams, James James Anderson, um, Hollis Thompson, Thaddeus Young, and Jesus, who was starting at uh, Henry Sims. That's five. That's five. So Tony Roten, and yeah. that's about it. That's all I got. No, um, uh, um, Darius. I'm, I'm going to start at the beginning. Darius Morris. Okay, seven. Um, Eric Maynor. I should just go with Eight. position. Um, uh, Darius Johnson Odom. Nine. Casper Ware. Ten. Um, Daniel Orton. Eleven. Brandon Davies. Twelve. Um, does Nerlens count? Yeah. Okay, Nerlens Noel. Thirteen. Um, Spencer Hawes, Evan Turner. Fourteen, fifteen. Kwame Brown. Sixteen. Um, James, uh, with, uh, the, uh, the guy I always forget about. Hold on. Uh, Jason Richardson. Does he count? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So I said Davies. So here's where it starts to get, um, blurry. So let me, okay. There's small guys on the team currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. Uh, I, I don't remember his last name. Adonis Thomas. Yeah. Okay. Is that, is that 17? 17. That's 18, I think, if we 18, count Jason Richardson. Okay, 18. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> you fell asleep. Um, okay, who else do we have here? We have shooting guards. We have, oh, oh, um, hold on, hold on. The guy we like, Nunnally. James Nunnally. Yep. 19, the guy we like, yeah. Nunnally. <laughs> great. We did, right? Uh, Elliot Williams. 9 and 20. Lorenzo Brown. 21. 
Um, You're not cheating, right? No, I'm not looking at anything. I'm, I'm actually in a different studio, so I only have like the noise computer in front of me. Okay, great. So play some noise for us. Um, well, I did. I just did. Do you want me to play something else? No, I don't want you to play Okay. Anymore. All right. Um, oh, I just had one. Um, obviously, um, our number one draft pick extraordinaire. Um, this is hilarious. I can't remember his name. Um, the, the, the pot smoker. Um, <laughs> the pot smoker. I can't remember his name. He takes all the pot. Hold on. I, well, I'll, I'll come back to him, obviously. Um, uh, you know, come on. Yeah, I just, okay. I can't. Oh, Arnett Moultrie. There we go. There you go. 22. Um, okay, so I did the where? pot smoker. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's, let's go through this. All right, positions. For, oh, okay. Um, uh, Deadman, Damian Deadman. Yep. Dwayne, that's Dwayne Dedman. Dwayne Dedman. That's close enough. Okay. Yeah, um, In the game, you just have to put the last name, so it's okay that you didn't. Okay. Twenty-three. Um, I'm impressed. I didn't think you get this many. Um. Okay. Hold on. Um. Dedman. Oh wait, wait, wait. There's there's a couple more centers. I feel like. Uh huh. Um. Who is the guy? <sighs> I feel like I'm I'm getting stuck now. <sighs> Um, I did say Daniel Orton. I did. Yeah. I covered him. <sighs> I it's think... tough when you're not looking at the names and like, who am I forgetting what's happening here? But yeah, yeah. I I feel like I'm sort of at a like. Obviously, I'll remember the guys when you bring them up. But I I feel like I'm. Is there anybody that's still on the team now that I missed? Uh, two guys, I, I believe, right now. Yeah. I, I'm not looking at anything else, but just. You definitely haven't said two guys on the team. Okay. Um, oh, oh, uh, Jarvis Vernado. That's one. And, um Who is on the team now? Can't believe you're missing him. Can't believe you're missing him. I said Davies. said Elliot Williams. said Sims. said Thad. Um, what's that? This is huge that you're missing him. All right, uh, I said Rogan. You know, come on. I'm, 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 I'm done. I can't remember. There's too many guys. I, I did all right. I'm, I'm fine with how you did I did. All right. Yeah. You did all right, but you did forget Byron Mullen. Oh goodness gracious! Well. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> have forgot. forgot. I believe you forgot uh, Lavoy. I only said Lavoy. Oh no, I didn't say Lavoy. And uh, Danny Granger. Okay. And Earl Clark. Okay. Well, that's not bad because Granger and Clark never played, right? So it was only brief. So the only one I'm embarrassed about is Mullins. So, all right. Can we get to some more grades? I can't believe we're already yeah. 25 minutes in. Um, Brett Brown. Can I go first? Yeah. Um, I am going to give him a, a qualified A. Um, mm-hmm. It's an A, only that... I don't know what more he could have done. I would say the qualification is I'm not I'm not sold and nor I don't think you could be on like him as a winning championship sort of coach, mm-hmm. but given the job he was set to do this year in development and keeping the players really dialed in and getting better toward the end of the year, I think 
Carter Williams is, is a really great example of a guy that really lost it for a little while, but was a better player at the end of the year than he was at the beginning. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, you know, everything that we've heard about Noel, which a lot of that is Brett Brown, and just the guys like Elliot Williams, Hollis Thompson, all these guys got better, really. And, and yeah. I think that's all due to him. And the fact that he, I think in our season preview one, I, th- I, I said the biggest question with him is, is he going to keep them from you know, collapsing, and their only collapse was really understandable around the trade deadline as it was rough, yeah. and I just think he did a fantastic job, so I give him an A. Uh, I go A-. minus. Um, I love Brett, I think. I, I actually have less doubts than you do about his, you know, whether or not he can be a change of quality coach. Right. Um, I think he can. Uh, we just didn't, we just haven't seen, you know, like his motivation skills, incredible. Um, the fact that he stayed up the whole year. It's great. Um he was candid. Yep. Uh the offense he, he like the the team was fun uh for for most of the year, despite the fact that they aren't talented. Um yeah, I would just say like an A minus because, you know, I, I trust his ability to coach defense because I've heard of, I've heard enough things within the organization and from when he was in, in San Antonio that he's got a system. Yeah. And it's great, and they just like didn't implement it. But because we haven't seen it, it's hard to just be like, "Yeah, well, that's not a problem." I mean, defense is kind of uh, it's a kind of a big deal. I, I think offense is going to be great um, once the talent is around. Um, but defense is kind of like yeah, we just don't we just haven't seen any of it. So I, not going to do an A minus, but um, just just a really great job. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how I'll grade him. I I thought. Just his, his, I thought his interviews, I'm going on to Scott O'Neill, and I thought his interviews were, like, he did a good job doing what he had to do, you know, I, I thought, I do think, and I'm, not, I'm sure he's involved in it, that weird party poker thing, I know they gotta make money, but yeah. I felt like it was a little gross, like, the amount of time they promoted it, and so on and so forth, but... He's there, there was a recent interview with Angelo, and uh, I thought he stood up pretty well during it. And I think he's he's perfectly capable of you know Josh Harris, who is a, a not, you know a, a worse than average public speaker, I'd find, and Sam Hinkie doesn't talk very much, and I think that puts a lot of pressure on O'Neill. So I give him a, an A minus for his or B plus for his uh, for his performance this year. I don't know. I mean, the, the, there's some Moultrie things that got out that. He probably could have contained. Um, I'm glad and, he didn't. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then there was the Nerlens tweet. Yes, that got my hopes up, and that was kind of a bummer. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't think I can grade PR. I don't think I'm in the place to do that. But well, sure. I do think. Yeah. I, I think it is impressive that you know Nerlens had nothing to do all year. Really, you know, he wasn't playing and. We didn't hear one thing about him drinking too much in a club or or being, you know, like I thought it was everyone kept their nose clean mostly except yeah. for Moultrie, who's a, you know. Anyway, um, let's get on to players here. Michael Carter-Williams, you go first. Um, I think I think with the exception of shooting, he had a, had a pretty stellar year or as or as or as like great, much better than we could expect um, outside of the shooting department and. Um, you look at the jump shot, and and maybe it's blind optimism, but I see improvements. I just do. Uh, I think he's been stepping into shots nicely, and 
he's hit he's hit a couple off the dribble, but it's mostly just he's been he was you know the focal point of the offense was forced to do a lot. Took some bad shots, sure, but I mean you get free reign to do that kind of stuff when you're the best the best player or the the leader of the offense on a team that's down that's forty some games under five hundred. Um, I'd give him. I mean, you know, it, it's tough because it's is this okay based on yeah expectations or how he actually yeah, played? Where yeah. goes. I mean, I'm I'm happy with him. I'm happy with him being our franchise point guard going forward. I think he is a. I think he's, you know, going to get better at defense once there's people behind him to play defense. Um, and I'm excited to see him really use his teammates and especially on the break. Um, but I think, I don't know about a grade, but I think he's our franchise point guard going forward. That's not to say that I think he couldn't trade him if the opportunity presents, presents itself, because we know that that's entirely possible. But, um, I mean, I'm good. Yes. This is, my grade is yes, good. Yeah, I I'll, I don't know how we could give him anything other than an A. I mean, really. And and that's even given expectations. And, and Zach Lowe mentioned a bunch of times that he had a historically bad shooting season. And and I don't—that's fine. That And the fact that he was able to do that and still be as productive as he was yeah. is— you know, he was. I, I, You know, just watching it, he was a lot of times the only really competent, capable player on the floor. You know, the only yeah. NBA player on the floor. And, or, and he knows he's, he's got to get stronger and he's yeah. going to work on his outside shot. That's, he knows those things. Yeah, and I'll tell you, the, the one, the, a guy that gave me, that gives me a little bit of hope, and not because their games are similar, but Damian Lillard came into the league sort of older, like Michael Carter-Williams is. You know, Michael Carter-Williams right. is not young. And there was some thought that after his really good rookie year, his ceiling might not be that high because he's already, you know, he's already grown into what he, he may be. And the fact that Lillard, I thought, got so much better this year, or even as good and, and maybe a little bit better, gives me hope that, you know, a 22-year-old is, is more filled out physically than a 20-year-old, but it's still nowhere near as filled out physically as a 25- or 26-year-old. So mm-hmm. I think we've gotten so used to guys coming into the league at 19 and 20 that maybe we forget how young 22 still is. So mm-hmm. I've, I've got um, – I'm, I'm excited for him. I don't think he's at the ceiling. He's, he's no. a different kind of player. Yep. Thad. That's great. Thad, I mean, we reported the trade request, and we're, we're, obviously that was – denied and sort of made fun of but uh we still stand by that and we don't blame him for it because you know why would you want to be around here when you're in your prime and you can try to actually win somewhere else um but he he hustled his ass off he played like it was the most important thing and uh if you don't respect that is young then i don't know who you can respect as an nba player he's great uh and he worked his ass off and he's a good player and i i hope for his sake and for ours that we trade him on draft night. So great. Really, really great guy. This is Here not, it's not it's, okay. He gets an A. I mean, it's funny, you know, people that aren't fans of this team will listen if, if if why would you listen to this podcast? Yeah. But if you do, uh there are a couple there are throwing a couple. out A's to like a nineteen and sixty three team. It's pretty solid. It's yeah. not bad. I'm going to give Thad a B plus, and I'll, I'll, I give him an A for everything you said, but I give him a B plus for, like, just, he's just, I guess he is what he thought, what we thought he was, and I think that's only, you know, good. 
I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think all things considered, a B plus is a a good grade, and let and it's fair that. He he request, requested a trade and was like you know emo thad a little bit, but he was still emo thad a little bit, and he still was given the green light to shoot as much as he want and really didn't become any more productive than he was before. So you know I yeah. like that. I just don't I, I I like that a lot, and I think he's a, a hard worker and a good player, but he sort of is what he is. I think. Yeah, so. it was a few twelve or twenty nine shooting nights where yeah, not great. But it's not, and that's what you don't want him doing that. I think that was like, a, okay, got it. Definitely don't want that to happen right. anytime. And and we'll have a sad discussion on later podcasts. But yep. I think he should get traded. On Based deadline. on what we know, Nerlens. Um, he's fine. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to play your grade game. I think he's uh-huh. fine. I think he. I think he did his thing, and he, uh, for the most part, all I heard was great stuff. Inside the locker room, uh, he worked. He played with Brett. He did what they asked him to do. He didn't complain. Uh, the tweet it was he, he won. He maybe said, "Hey, you've a shot to play," and he got excited because it's film town. Uh, he wanted. I mean, he wanted to play. I can't blame him. So um, I'm very excited to see him play next year. That's what it is. Not playing the grade game. I don't think you understand how these things work. Not- Playing the great game. I give him an A for not getting into any trouble. That's yeah. and 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 appeared to be you know engaged and excited and working real hard. So and and dressing really nicely and still rocking that flat top. Uh, three more, then we're done. Okay. Hollis Thompson. Oh baby, uh, <laughs> A plus for Hollis, hundred <laughs> percent. Hollis gets an A plus uh, for an undrafted free agent. Hollis. Led the rookie, led all rookies in three point percentage. Uh, he was just, a, I believe, a pube over forty percent, um, and that's just great. And he played okay defense, not great defense, but okay defense, and deferred to his teammates. Tremendous, just role player, just playing roles and uh, low usage rate. It's what you want. I mean, this is a guy who came out of Georgetown, not much fanfare around him. Led the rookies in three point percentage. Uh, and just did his thing. Like he's, I think he's an absolutely a part of the team going forward. Um, and he's a goddamn sweetheart. A plus. Yeah, and even you know Brett Brown talked about him positively a bunch of times. So you know, I, I, you know, for what he was, I, yeah, I'll, I'll give him an A. I thought he was, he was great. He was one of those guys that. You know, at the beginning of the year, you looked at his college stats and you're like, man, if he could find ways to get shots and not be a disaster otherwise, he could end up being a real good player. You know, based on just I want to go back to podcast when you insulted me talking about Chris Middleton and just mention to you that Chris Middleton is a better three point shooter than Hollis Thompson percentage wise <laughs> and took three and a half shot 41 percent from three on three and a half shots a game this year. I, th- I, I think Chris Middleton's a little bit better than you gave him credit for. So that's all I okay. want to throw out there. So, okay. yeah, anyway, um, if Tony Roten, I give him an A plus. He's the best thing that happened to me this season. He. <laughs> He gets this year's Nick Young Award for, yeah. for you know, guy that makes it fun in what could otherwise be a not fun season. And, yeah. you know, I, and I will go, regardless of the stats, I know his win shares and, and PER and every advanced metric says that Tony Roten is 
the Sixers are a worse team when Tony Roten's on the court. But I am going old school Larry Brown eye test on Tony Roten and the <laughs> fact that he is two years younger than Michael Carter Williams and yeah. visually to me shows that there is something in there. I I am all about Tony Roten going forward. So <laughs> Uh, I'm excited to see what he's like next year. Yeah, how how much improvement there is. Um, I don't I don't think on a real basketball team he would have taken as many jump shots as he did. Right. But the the spray chart is really good as to just like what his field goal is looking like. He's just avoided the mid range entirely and just went outside inside and uh, played fun tough defense. I'm excited for like playoff Roten to like slap the ground against somebody. Like that's what I really want. Yeah, like, playing full court. Yeah, like, you just got me game. excited. Playoff Roten. Yes, just, like the full court Tony Roten. Like yes, somebody like uh, an old Darren Williams is like getting in his face. Oh my uh, God! I I just legitimately got excited. Playoff Tony <laughs> Roten slapping the court. Yes, there it is. Ah, um, yes. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> he wasn't good. I mean, that's the funny. That's the funny part. I don't care. I give. I would give everybody on the team an A plus for the season if I could. But uh, you know, if we're if we're being more, uh, if we're being more objective about it, uh, you know, B, B, B. Yeah, it's funny. Mitch and Nick Young. There is a. I'll, I'll say there is a, a, an agent of a major, uh, football player that I've been talking to recently about his player. And is no, no, it's not. Okay. I'm not, I'm not I won't that. confirm. Don't please don't ask me. But he no, is, I just had to ask him. Was okay, it's not Zeckers. But this guy is a Lakers fan and a big NBA fan, and we got to talking about Nick Young, and I could hear in his voice the way that we talked about Nick Young last year, mm-hmm. and he loved him. Obviously, he loved obviously. him, and yeah. he he sent me the uh, the GoFundMe. They're trying to put up a Stay Swag billboard in Los Angeles, trying to raise twenty five thousand dollars, and I donated twenty bucks to it. But his, uh, my favorite part of it, what he said to me is so it's so like watching Nick Young on a bad team. He goes, you know. I don't know. You know, moving forward, if we're good next year, if he can start to, you know, you know, whittle down a shot selection and take better <laughs> shots, he could be a good six man. And I'm like, there it is. Like, that is why Nick Young will be in the league until he's 38, because people will continue to believe that that's possible. Oh, he's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, final grade, and I'm just doing this so we can give them a, an A+. I thought genuinely... The people that stuck around as Sixers fans this year showed uh, they showed that they were, and I'm, this is not ass kissy or anything. A little ass You know, a lot of fans in Philadelphia love to talk about we're the smartest fan base in sports and blah, 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 blah. And I think a lot of times prove that they are not. And I do think that Sixers fans this year, the way they handled this year, by and large, was incredibly impressive. That That they were able to sort of, um, exist within this horrible basketball world and understand and just sort of, you know, Josh Harris calls it a huge success and fans basically defend that statement. And, and I know that, you know, that 
if you understand it, you should understand why he said that. But still, it's it's a big thing for fans to do. And I think it's possibly that we're whittled down to just the diehards, really, at this mm-hmm. point. But the fact that they would go through a season like this and as many people watched as many games as they did, I thought, you know, I, and I don't know how your traffic was at Liberty Ballers, but I would guess it was fine, you know, considering the circumstances. So I thought fans did a really great job this year. And I was, I was, I was proud that Sixers fans were able to, you know, to you know deal with this year how they did i thought so yeah we uh our traffic was great we got jumps in uh, almost every the every area it was um the espionation nba network is you know 32 deep um and we were i think like seventh over the course of the year and and That's the fact that we don't have yeah and we don't have um you know, Sixers in the name, like Celtics blog yeah. is Celtics blog. So that's pretty easy to find. We're, I think we were the top team, us and like posting and posting for the Knicks, um, were like the top teams of not having our names or the city's name in the title of the blog. Um, and it was like tons of people, tons of support, uh, good, healthy, reasonable discussion for the most part for the year. Uh, I'm impressed, and pe- pe- people came around, and a lot of people said, like, you know, this season was, you know, tough to get to. Thanks for, thanks for, tough to get through. Thanks for, like, you know, being there and having you guys around to just distract me from the uh, awfulness of a 19-win season. Um, it was great. It was, a, it was a great community of of on Twitter, and I know I wasn't, um, I didn't make it there this year, but good. It just feels like people, especially the game, the Pistons game, when yeah. they won, when yep. they broke the streak. That that felt really cool. I wasn't there, but that felt cool to just see and like people being, like it was packed. Like people it was packed for, for for the record, and they won, and everyone was pumped about it. That was it was a, it was a nice thing, and and I really think I'm not just bullshitting or being a dickhead when I say like you know this the, the franchise has turned around, and that that was this is the first step. Next year will also be tough it will be more fun but it will, it will be tough um but there's they're building something here and i if you're upset about losing this many games i get it in a vacuum that sucks but it's about championships and it's gonna make it all worthwhile when this team is contending and yeah. uh i'm really excited for it i'm excited for tony road and slapping the hardwood yeah, I actually last night I was having dinner with my uncle and I was like, you know, I think I'm I'm diving back into the season ticket realm just as honestly as an investment. I yeah. I, I, I do they let me tell you something, they win that lottery I immediately. They We were talking about it yesterday. Yeah. We were talking about it yesterday just like cuz we're going to so we're going to have, you know, video cameras at the LB event and try just getting just to see, you know, cuz if they get if they win the lottery People go shit. People go eat shit. It's yeah, gonna, honestly, if and I know there are members, m- there are members of the Sixers organization that listen to this podcast. I'm going to tell you that wherever our the lottery party is, you should send two season ticket reps to stand there because I yeah. bet you, at the very least, that you know they get number one, number two. You're signing up four or five people to plans, and I think. Um, that's just that's my tip to them. So that's a solid tip. Yeah. So and if they get and if they get five, leave 
now. Yeah, run, run, run. Yeah, if they get only five, can you imagine oh, they get God. only five? Oh, man, that, that lottery would probably be real sad if the Pelicans slip into the top three. It's yeah. not going to happen. All right, so let's talk about lottery, your big board draft, so on and so forth. This, I, so the question you had was how much would you pay for a Sam Hinkie big board? Oh, well, that was one, yeah. What would you pay? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I'd rather just talk to him about it. But uh, just, like, to get a copy of it, I bet he doesn't have one yet. The first thing, he's like, he's a very disciplined guy, and uh, he's I, I'm just 100% sure that he's, like, just, he's like, you know, he has opinions on guys, but he's not, he's not totally ready to be like, okay, here's my board. Um, and I think it'll, it'll be broken into tears, but um, how much I pay for a Sam big board? I don't know. 40 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I actually wouldn't pay it. I love surprise. I, okay. I don't watch movie trailers anymore. Like my favorite, my favorite TV trailers are the FX ones that basically don't tell you anything about the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like the ones for Fargo and the one for The Strain. I, I don't, I, like, I sort of know what it's about, but I don't have any idea. I like that. And I, when I watch movies and TV shows that are mysteries, I actively do not try to figure out what's going to happen at the end yeah. because I, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the point. You know, I would go play Clue if that's what I wanted to do. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay anything because I want to be floored at the draft. I want to be shocked, okay. you know, so that's, that's I respect, my answer. I respect that. Um, I will tell you the lottery itself. I I know this is dumb for okay. So the Sixers have basically a two in ten chance of getting the number one pick, and I don't know what I'll do if they don't get it. (laughs) I'm I'm in. I can't. You know, I was talking to somebody at work the other day. I was talking to Ike about it, and he was like, he's like, well. I, I was like, I can't handle... He was like, well, who would you take it two or three? Because he was talking about Embiid. And I was like, I can't handle that that notion right now. I can't I can't deal with anything but number one and Wiggins. I can't do it. I, um, I'm in a really bad place with that. And especially because I've talked myself so out of Jabari Parker. And like he's, I've created a taller Evan Turner in my brain when I see oh, I, it's I'm in a really bad place. So I, I'm, I'm in a really bad spot with that. And I know you were sort of headed that way. I don't know if you're in as bad a shot a spot as I am, but I'm in a, a horrible place with the lottery. Mm, no, I like, I like a lot of those guys and, and drafting Embiid if they feel like he's healthy enough would be really cool. Um, just cause no one's going to beat. I mean, I've, I struggle with them on offense, but uh, it'd be so much fun on defense just to watch them just clog the paint and be tall and awesome. Um, Joel and Noel, like that'd be just that'd be so great. Yeah, I. But I, uh, but yeah, Wiggins. I mean, here's the thing: we have a twenty percent chance of getting Wiggins. Nobody else has a good chance of getting the top pick either. So yes. it's like someone has to let's, let's make it us. Like let's let it be us. Yeah, yeah, and I actually, I mentioned it, it wouldn't shock me, though I don't think this is true, but it wouldn't shock me in some weird world where where the Sixers have Embiid higher than Wiggins. I, that yeah. it, now, there's nobody else that I would think, unless, like, I don't, I don't know enough about Exum, but I wouldn't think no. that there's any way that they would have, you know, Parker or Randall or any of those guys above Wiggins, but it wouldn't shock me if they had Embiid over Wiggins. It wouldn't... I, I, I don't think so either. I, I think they might even have 
they might even have him higher. Now, I, the injury thing is just really concerning to me. That's I just don't I like the back is just a big issue. Nah, maximum. Come on. I I just really I see Andrew Bogut-esque uh, injury history, and I just like that's I just look at that. And I'm like, guys, uh, like like just get seasons of like 55 games, and it's just like it's just tough to see him just okay missing a couple games here, missing some games here. It's just, no, I don't like that. I want him healthy. All right. Why don't we seg into this question, then? This is a good one. Actual Sixers question. This is from a listener that sent it to you. If the Sixers did get the number one pick, who in the NBA would you trade straight up for that pick? Well, here's the question. And this is, I, I, I hate, I, actually, I love evading this question or questions like this because it's tough because when you draft someone, that means you're basically having control of them for nine years. Right. Because you get the four years of rookie contract. And then you can offer them a five-year max contract, whereas other teams can offer them four-year maxes for less money. Right. So for the most part, if you're willing to just give your guy all the money in the world, you're getting them for nine years. Right. you got to look around and say, well, how many people am I willing to trade that for? Anthony Davis is certainly one of them. Okay. I would, I would, trade, I would trade the number one pick for Anthony Davis. Well, especially because you still have seven of those nine years left. Exactly, yeah. Right. Um, I think... I think it's tough. Would you trade it for a year of LeBron? I don't think so. I don't think I would. Um, there's no guarantee that he he's going to sign. You know, he's taken less money before. In fairness, so, so. this this is too. I mean, LeBron and you, I'm as big a LeBron fan as you are, but you're basically buying LeBron's decline years too. I mean, I don't think he gets any. I, I don't think it's possible for him to get any better. He's what thirty or thirty one. You know, there's been a lot of mileage on his body. I don't think he, I don't think he's thirty yet. Oh, I think I think he's definitely thirty. Um, let me. I'll look it up now. Yeah. Um, but okay. But I would trade it for LeBron. Oh, he's twenty nine. You're right. I'm sorry. He's twenty nine. Um, December. He'll be thirty. Oh, he won't be thirty until next season. Okay. Yeah. Um, Durant. I would trade him for. Well, Durant's gonna expire too. So it's like what? It's it, it's a it's a question of on this team. It's not obviously that I think that Andrew Wiggins or Joel Embiid is gonna be better than LeBron or Durant, but. On this team, for one season, what do they do? Nothing. I mean, they don't do anything. Well, so, but you're still able to reset. It doesn't make it impossible to reset. Right, but both of those guys aren't guys that I think would just take the money and not right. care about the place. Andre Drummond, would you trade it for him? Um, I don't think so. I love Drummond, but I don't think so. Steph Curry? I'd have to see the contract. I don't know off the top of my head. He's got, th- it's tough. I, I He's got three and 33 left. Um, that's a bargain. <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah, like his injury stuff actually, but no. yeah. Um, um, I honestly, I Anthony Davis definitely, and then everybody else really would consider it. But I, the, the fact that you have nine years, nine like mostly cheap years, to to build around this guy, um, and the fact that like if Steph Curry came in, then it's <laughs> like okay, well we're probably gonna make the playoffs next year. We'll lose a pick. Like, whoever you're trading this pick for, you probably are trading next pick for also. Yeah. Because you make the playoffs, and then that pick goes away. So my opinion is probably just Anthony Davis. Okay. Because I'd rather, I want to miss the playoffs again next year and get one more lottery. Yeah, I, I can't imagine if you're offered personally, Kevin, and I'm not even a huge Durant guy, but... You know, I don't. I don't know how I would say no to that. You know. So. No, I mean it's it's ridiculous, and I, sh- I should be stoned in a circle, yeah. of, in a town circle. But 
logically. I get you. Nine, nine cheap beers. Anthony Davis is the only one I traded for. I All think right. that's other random question that I thought of as I was walking here. Let's say everybody in Miami opts out. Chris Bosh wants eighteen million dollars a year. Would you give him that for the um, Sixers? Uh, we're giving him like for like four fifty, for like seventy-two. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Um, and you get to keep all your picks. It's just a free agent signing. Yeah. Um, he'd be nice next to Netherlands. And you trade that on draft night. Yeah. This is tough. Um, I think so. Here, I, I'm trying to be better about this because I, Pinky thinks in assets and the way you got to think is in assets and, you know, that's a tradable asset down the road and then also he can help out. And I think most experts are saying, like, yeah, get a guy for, like, a fair deal because you have the cap, cap space. Get a guy that you can build with and, like, help your young guys and, like, win you some games. And I just think more black and white than that, and that's I think that's my problem a little bit. Right. But I also I'm also struck by a little bit of just what's the point? Like if you can get a guy on a cheap deal, then sure, then yeah, sign him. But like, what's what's the point of getting a guy next year when you just you don't know who, who these guys are? You're trying to fill in holes without like for sure knowing what kind of players they are. I would just. I would just sit on this offseason, sign, you know, try to do the same thing you did last season, maybe get, maybe look around and see if there's anybody else that, like, okay, I like him, like, we'll sign him for cheap. Like, I, I Jimmer Fredette would be fucking great. Would you, <laughs> love, would you I trade, would you trade the 10 pick for Ryan Anderson? No. Oh, I wouldn't a second. No, I, I worry about his injury history. Yeah. Yeah, it's a back thing. He's so young and he's on a great yeah. deal. But, but, like, if not, if not for the injury, then yeah, 100%. Okay. Like easily, not even a question. All right. But you, but you worry about those guys. That's the stuff you worry about. You worry about history. And, uh, it, it, it's such a, team building is such a delicate process that I think people get impatient. And you're like, well, we have the cap space. Let's just go for it. Well, let's go for a little guy. And like, he'll, he'll help a little. But I think you want to just keep all of your cards as close to you as possible until you're just fucking ready to go. And I don't think this this offseason they're ready to go. They're not ready to contend. They don't know what exactly they have. So I would I wouldn't sign I wouldn't try to sign Lance Stevenson. No. I wouldn't try to sign Chris Bosch, probably, even though that's like a good deal. I but, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm I, out on I don't like Lance Stevenson at all. I I'm not I'm out on him. I don't like him at all. Um I'm gonna skip the Thaddeus Young question. We'll do that in a in a subsequent podcast the Kyle wrote a, a thing about keeping fad and I think it's an interesting question but it deserves more time I think than we we have here I got a question from Mike he said he mentioned that in a previous podcast I mentioned offhand that in a few years the Sixers will have a new arena and blah 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 and he asked where that came from and then he he asked about as well about the Sixers practice facility and why they haven't started building that yet so here here do I still have you Oh, I lost Mike. Hey, sorry about that. Brief Ricky interruption, but we're back. Yeah. I don't know, where did I lose you? New Arena. Somebody somebody emailed me a question that said that in a previous podcast I mentioned a new Sixers arena and also asked me about the new practice facility and why it hasn't started being built yet. And he asked if I had any inside information on the new arena and why I had brought that up. So here is my thought, and, and, and if it doesn't come from any inside information. I'm just trying to put logical pieces together. 
the Sixers are worth twice what they paid for them. But really, a, a, a team, a ton of the value is in the arena, in having your own arena and your own arena deal. And the Sixers are currently in a deal with Comcast, to, and they pay rent at the Wells Fargo Center. Now, that, though I think owning an NBA team, even if you don't own the venue, is a, a good investment, it is not nearly the investment that if you have your own arena. So I look at this, and I see that the Wells Fargo Center is actually, you know, like coming up on 20 years old and is not state-of-the-art anymore. And I believe, and this is just my, again, no inside information, but I believe at some point in the next five years, and especially if they become better, that the Sixers will tell the city that if they don't help them build a new arena, that they're, and if Comcast doesn't let them out of the deal somehow, that they are going to leave. Or maybe both teams get a new arena and it's a joint deal with Comcast and the Sixers. But I don't believe that he's going to sit here paying rent for the next 15 years. I just don't believe it. And then the, the connection to the practice facility, I just think it's super interesting that they know they need a practice facility really bad. They know it's going to be at the Navy Yard, yet th- that ground has not been broken yet. And again, they keep saying they're looking for a... A site, and I just look at the Navy Yard, and it, what, like, I don't know, there's a hundred sites at the Navy Yard. It's, you know, it's half empty. So I, I sort of get the feeling, again, it's just a guess. I could be completely wrong on this, but that they are not going to start building that new, that new practice facility until A, that they have, they're worried about wooing free agents, which is another couple years away anyway, and B, that they have some sort of idea whether they can get a new arena, and that is just my opinion. I have no inside information, but it's sort of trying to read the tea leaves. So that's all I got on that. Cool? Sounds good. All right. Uh, JJ, who we brought up in a previous podcast, um, and his Tony Roten three-point percentage trivia questions, ended up this way. He asked us what would be higher, Tony Roten's three-point percentage or the Sixers' chance at the number one pick. And Tony Roten's three-point percentage just edges it out as the Sixers' chance at the number one pick is 19.9%, and Tony Roten's three-point shooting percentage was 21.3%. Also, Tony Roten from beyond half court shot just under his three-point average at 18.2%. He mentions that Tom Haberstroh said that Roten was two of eight, but J.J. went and checked the shot charts and the video, and he has it at two of 11. And I, can, I trust J.J. Yeah, I 100% trust J.J. on this. So, But 18.2%, not a bad percentage from beyond the, beyond the half-court line. No, that's pretty solid. Real quick, I don't even know if there's anything to talk about. Um, the Evan Turner fight with Lance Stevenson. Clearly, Lance Stevenson is annoying and annoys everyone. And if this wasn't Evan Turner, I would put all of the blame on Lance Stevenson. <laughs> but I do think it's funny that um, that Lance Stevenson, that it was Evan Turner in the fight. And he was like, in their last game, he played eight minutes and he was one of four. You yeah. know, what a just a, a waste. It's here. sort of sad. It's sort of sad. It's like, it's sad. This is, it's too much. Like I wanted, I didn't want him to like struggle or fail, but I wanted, I wanted the people that said Indiana is basically unbeatable now to like, I want to rub their nose in it a little bit. Yes. But like, this is too much. He's, I feel bad for him. I mean, that's so sad that he's played eight minutes and Lance, like just for Evan a little bit, like 
Lance Stevenson has a you know a mean rep around the league. Like you don't fuck with Lance Stevenson, and the fact that Evan went up for it, like you know, I, I think I give him a little respect there. Honestly, the way that the rest of the teammates feel about both those guys, I'm really shocked anyone stopped the fight. <laughs> Why were there people pulling them off each other? Just let them beat yeah. each other to death. That's what well, Woj's article indicated. That they were like people like let him go for a little bit, and then David West and Luis Scola were like, all right. That's yeah, I forget who the guys were. Were I, I know it was Chris Palmer was a you know yeah um, for sure that Jared a lot of people a lot of people Jared like Zwirling like, that Bleacher Matt, Report guy Matt Matt Moore was like was on on like the side of like how great of a move it was really and I I, I think so oh I might I, be making that Matt Moore is not an Evan Turner guy I know and that's the thing no nobody's an Evan Turner guy no one was coming in like he was sort of just you know people were making fun of him just for being bad. And then all of a sudden, it was like when the Pacers got him, it was like, oh, well, you know, this is going to be too easy for them now. And it's like, well, I don't think you know what Evan Turner plays like. How about the deal that we all thought he might get at like, you know, 4 and 40? He's going to get two years, $8 million. That's all he's going to get. I, I, oh, okay. I, I don't think he's going to get anything more than that. I, I would be shocked it only if takes, he did. It only takes one team. Yeah, That's but the, I'll I'm just, there's so few of those teams anymore. You know, I, I just think even the dumbest GMs aren't nearly as dumb as they used to be, right? I, yeah. I don't know, yeah. man. You know who's going to have money to re-sign him? Who? The six. Ah, okay. I, I couldn't <laughs> handle that. I, I would, I, maybe I'll wait to see, wait on those season tickets and see if that were to happen. Could, could you imagine if they re-signed Evan? Oh, man. I think he'll be like, well, it was a, it was a really cheap deal. I'm yeah. Get him. Oh. I'd split him for somebody better. Yeah, I don't but think so. still, still, yeah. That's, All right. Two quick things before we wrap up. I didn't see the How I Met Your Mother finale. I don't know if he figures out how. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into too much. Uh, I will say that this is. I can't. I can't get into this. Okay. Uh, I will say that. uh, Well, I worked at at How I Met Your Mother. If you guys didn't know that, Um, and uh, I will say that this is what this is. This this was the vision from the get go. This wasn't like a last minute. Oh fuck, we need to decide something and <laughs> this was this was uh 100% the vision and you know they weighed they weighed options and they shot an alternate ending or or edited an alternate ending um but this was the vision from the get-go these two guys uh this is what they wanted and uh we as servants of the show had to give it to them so whether or not you agree or disagree um this is what they wanted all the time so nine nine years leading to this i think it's pretty cool yeah, I, I've never, I've never seen. I, 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 I won't spoil it for you. If you yeah, I'm just not. I'm never. I haven't been a sitcom guy really since. I, this is going to sound so old, but like, The Office was the only sitcom I think I've watched in the last decade. Sure. So, well, if I get if I get staffed on the show as a writer, you're fucking watching. I will absolutely watch, or I will, I will, I will at least tell you I watched. So <laughs> great, and that, that counts just as much. <laughs> Before we get to the jigsaw and then get out of here, based on what you've seen so far. You got a, a finals pick, man. Um, hard to bet. Against, hard to bet against Miami and San Antonio. Yeah. Um, but the West is so much fun. The West is so much fun. How about I, this? How about this? If you're if you weren't to bet, if if they were both off the board and you had to pick two other teams, who would those two other teams be? Portland looks real good. Portland looks like they're just going to keep winning games. And I, I, I it's weird because I, like, my natural instinct is to root for Houston because Dal Morey, Hinky, I like James Harden in a vacuum. But, and Chandler, obviously, and some of those guys, they, they built the team a fun way, and I've always rooted for them. 
But like they're not a likable team. No, really, they're really not. I don't get it. Yeah. They like they turn heel real quick. Yeah. And I and I just like I find myself being like, okay, go Houston, watching it. But I'm like, I, why am I rooting for them? I don't and know. honestly, I watch it. Re- and you've been a Beverly guy for a year yeah, now. Yeah, but, but but like I'm really scared that he's ruining his career by playing. I'm 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 like I'm watching them and thinking, why are you letting Patrick Beverly play? Like, yeah. His knee is is. Please don't do this. So yeah. Do you, I, wait, do you know where Pat Beverly went to school? No, where did he go to school? You can't be a Pat Beverly fan unless you know. No, I don't. I don't. Chris Middleton fan unless you. No, I don't care where anybody went. You sound like this is what this is what like, like, like regular sports arguers do. It's like you don't even know where he went to college. (laughs) It's like we're regular. regular. Well, I don't. I don't want. I don't know where anybody went to college except unless they went to Duke or something. I I don't. I'm or I know where Andre Iguodala went to college. Care enough to be like, oh, I wonder where he went to college. Nah, nah, don't care. Went to Arkansas. I think. God damn it. I don't, I don't have any sure. idea. Pretty I don't sure. care. Pretty sure I can tell. And East, hey. if you if you didn't pick Miami, um, <laughs> me and you, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I I want the Raptors to get there. I want um, I want the the Wiz to get there. I want you know if the Bobcats turn things around. Uh, no, it's going to be Miami. I mean, it just it just seems it seems re- just too easy for them. It was too easy for them to get there. Yeah, I guess I'd pick the Wiz and the Clippers if I couldn't pick those two teams. But I would pick the same two teams that you picked. So. I want I want the Warriors to win that. Yeah, I don't. I think Mark Jack. I, I'm I'm so out on Mark Jackson. And I agree, but I love the, I love the team. Yeah, I love and mm-hmm. Iggy. I'm an Iggy fan. I would love that. I would love him. You know, hit a big shot to win a playoff game. So that'd be great. Can we and, do it? Steph was fouled on that shot. It was a bad shot, but he got fouled. He was, but it was a like that was a vet foul. You know, don't hit his arm, hit his waist. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. That was definitely a vet foul. Yeah, it was. You're right. We owe a jigsaw. You ready? Let's do it. I want to play again. Yes. <laughs> Doug won't go away. He just never I want to play again. In the land of the rights to Ricky Sanchez, Doug Collins is always the coach. All right. The Jigsaw, where I present Mike with an horrible option. Always workshopped with my fiance in bed. That's how I figure out if it's a good one or not. Mm-hmm. She didn't like this one at all, so I'm going to present it to you. Great. Wait, the dress fitting was today. How's that going? The what? Dre- dre- uh, you know, I don't want to comment on the dress fitting, actually. I've, I've been getting text messages through it. So, okay. yeah, I don't, you know, well. No comment. Got it. I, no, I'm not commenting on the dress fitting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I will. I will. I do promise to post our, I will, I will post a final wedding picture on a rights to Ricky Sanchez post when it happens. Right. So. All yeah. right, here is the jigsaw. Here's your choice. For the rest of your life, a stranger, you don't know who this stranger is, could be anyone, is allowed to pick one of the two things for you. You have to choose what they're allowed to pick. What you eat for every meal or what you wear every day. Um, I'd probably go what I wear just because uh, I have a I have a, a bad nut allergy and I wouldn't want stranger <laughs> to kill to want me. to kill you right yeah 
and uh, and yeah, I could deal with the. I, I I I like food. I like food and and eating the food I want to eat. So, stranger, don't touch my food. I think as I think here's where I, and I didn't throw this in there. I think as long as they're feeding me actual food, you know, as long as they're not like eat shit and dirt. Um, I would go food because I feel like I could would just eat less or something or I know it messes with your health but the I don't know that the clothes thing really just worries me a lot you know so but I I like that one I, I would love to know the listeners I would love to know your response to that I would love to know if most people would take the clothes because I feel like they, most people would take the clothes they turned this off a long time ago yeah <laughs> good point all right. I will say, watching Doug Collins talk about playoff basketball is, is a, a true, true test of my ability to not break my television. <laughs> well, and and to watch Simmons kiss his ass is a really just, it's it's really crushing my world actually. You know? <laughs> and watching it next to Andrew Sharp is especially. Yeah, I can imagine. All right. Well, thanks, and um, hopefully we'll do the next one sooner rather than later. Sorry it took yeah. so long, but this was a good hey, one. Good luck. New job, new job, Spike. You oh yeah. Here I am, new job and up. So, yep. but still doing the podcast, still doing Rick, the podcast. So, Ricky and, lives on. Yeah, and keep the keep the uh, keep checking Liberty Ballers for info on the lottery party. So, yes, sir. All right, buddy. See you, right. See. You. Like I said, hold your head, son. Don't you